Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Jason Cohen, founder and CTO of WP Engine. Jason, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So, Jason, why don't you just get started by telling us about WP Engine and what you are delivering to the marketplace? Sure. So, we're the largest platform for people building websites with WordPress. We're a digital experience platform, which is the category that Gartner uses to talk about people who build modern websites or even other kinds of content offerings like mobile apps and other kinds of online things. WordPress is a system that people use to build websites, and it's really popular. 35% of every website in the world today is powered by WordPress. And again, we're the largest platform where people build those sites and actually deploy them to their customers. So it's a huge percentage of the entire internet that we're involved with. So hundreds of thousands of customers and almost half a million websites trust us as the place to host their site and therefore deliver great experiences to their customers. Now, when you look at the ability to deliver this capability to your customer base, what is important to you in terms of ensuring that you've got a high-performance platform to deliver those websites from WP Engine? And what do you look for in terms of a cloud service that's going to deliver that kind of capability? It's interesting. So performance is critical for us and for our customers, and I'll explain why. What's interesting is our customers are marketers, and they're not buying hardware from us. They're not buying infrastructure from us. They don't know how many CPUs might be used to do whatever. They don't often even know where the servers are or what cloud provider it is. So those things are critical for how we deliver the service that they're paying for, but it's not something that our customers look at. We have this comprehensive platform with lots of features and things for people who build sites and the marketers who run sites and, again, a comprehensive software platform. But at the heart of it is speed. And performance, of course, means a lot of different kinds of things, but it's not bad to just concentrate on the idea of latency or immediate speed. And the reason that ultimately speed is very important to our customers is speed is critical for websites to be effective and impactful. So you know, we've all got our mobile phones out, saw a search result on Google, clicked it, and the website's taking a while to load. Maybe there's a white screen and you get tired of that and hit back. So that's a missed visitor, especially if you clicked on an ad. That's an ad you paid for. You paid for that click and actually didn't get any traffic at all because the site was slow. Also, if sites are faster, Google ranks you higher, which, of course, means you get more traffic. As another example with e-commerce, there's a million studies going back actually 20 years, back to the early days of Amazon, showing that when the site's faster, conversions go up with e-commerce. And so, for example, a recent study showed that a one-second delay can result in 7% conversion loss. So that can mean millions of dollars for a speed issue in an e-commerce site. So depending on the type of customers, there's different impacts that performance has. But the overall impact is you will have fewer visitors to your site that will convert less, whether that conversion means attention or whether it means a sale or signing up for a newsletter or buying a thing or making a trial or just poking around and reading stuff. Speed is critical for that to be successful. So it's while it's kind of technical and not something that marketers normally want to think about because they want to think about campaigns and content and engaging with 
customers and conversion. These are, of course, the things that marketers can and should care about. But ultimately, if we're not delivering a high-performance platform, then that won't be successful. Now, I know that you and your company have worked a lot in terms of looking for ways to optimize that experience, specifically around LAMP stack application optimization. Can you talk about that and why the underlying silicon is critical to take advantage of the optimizations that you've driven? With technology in general and websites in particular, there's not one thing that just makes it fast. There's going to be all kinds of different things that are needed. So when we think about performance at WP Engine, we, we are thinking about all the components and also how they interact when we think about performance. However, it is true that underlying all those things are processors. And it doesn't matter whether it's MySQL or it's PHP or you've done some fancy algorithms or whatever, there's still a processor that's processing things. And if that thing is faster, then the website will be faster. In fact, sometimes dramatically so. So ultimately, what silicon are we using and what chips are we using and are those performant is in fact critical to pretty much every stage of making a site fast, despite the fact that a lot of the work we do is at a higher level on the stack. When you were evaluating what cloud service to use, what went into your selection of the GCP C2 instance? Well, we were already customers of Google and also of Amazon and other providers actually for a while. But why C2s in particular? And the reason, of course, is speed. We found that C2s made WordPress sites 40% faster. Now, that's a pretty big claim because there's all kinds of different sites and different ways to measure speed and what if it's under a lot of load versus not. And so obviously there's a lot of combinations. But we did run a lot of combinations with types of sites in different circumstances. And what we found is that 40%, maybe plus or minus 5 or 10%, depending on context, was right. So that is an accurate way to think about what does it do for these kinds of sites. So that, of course, is a huge impact. You can usually notice performance if it's 10 or 20% faster, you can notice it. By the time you're in the range of 40%, it's a range where you're saying, oh, that's better. And when you have that kind of impact, you know, even without measuring everything in great detail, that you've done something that is important and impactful. When you look at this performance increase, how much of that was just moving to an instance that was driving second-gen Xeon scalable processors, and how much of that was due to the optimizations and software that your team worked on? Do you have a sense from that? It is true that just by moving to a faster processor, you immediately get speed impacts around 40% that are easy to measure and are pretty consistent. That is, as we converted customer after customer and looked empirically at what happened in the real world as opposed to just our tests, all that was borne out just like that. Now, it's interesting to ask, then what else would you do? Because already you're getting a great benefit and probably you could just end it there and that's already a good reason to do it and sufficient reason to do it. But there are other things that can come up once that's there. In other words, you say, well, now that that is faster, now that it is in some sense cheaper, and I don't even mean in dollars, I mean an impact to the system, cheaper to do things that are more CPU intensive, that might change what kinds of things you might build next. Now, a bad thing to do is, what happens with things like phones and, I guess, laptops where things get faster, so then software developers do more, and the result is it still takes Word a long time to boot up, right? So that would be eating up what would be performance gains into features or complexity. That's not something we want to do, again, because it's so important that we pass performance on to our customers. But there still are things that we could do with a faster processor that we wouldn't or couldn't do otherwise, 
that would have affected the system too greatly that now maybe it's under some threshold of impact that now it's okay to do. So more speed does open up possibilities for different kinds of things to do um, other than just delivering better performance. Have your customers had a response to the improved experience with WP Engine, and do you have any examples? There's tons of those. There's just one example, boardingarea.com. It's a popular business travel website. They get many millions of hits a month, and they experience actually more than a 40% speed improvement after moving over to the new hardware. It's travel news, and anytime you're in media, capturing the eyeballs, not losing those eyeballs due to speed, getting those Google rankings and so forth, that is literally your business. That's your revenue. And so not only is it noticeable, not only is it easy to measure in New Relic and tools like that in great detail, but it influences the business. Where do you go next in terms of improving the customer experience? And how does work with your vendor community help with that? So one answer is in developer tools. So the people who build the websites, how are we helping them do that? How are we helping them creating new sites quickly, in developing and especially collaborating with others while that's happening, staging so you can test or show a client if you're an agency, managing the production cycle. You want to be careful, of course, updating code in production. You might want to be able to roll back quickly. Troubleshooting, things are not going well, whether it's on your laptop or in production, and so forth. So that's what I mean by developer tools, these kinds of topics. There also are features of the production platform itself An example where vendors can help a lot is we have big data. Nowadays, everybody has big data. We generate many billions of events per day just from serving traffic. And just taking the logs of all that and getting them somewhere is hard. Just getting all that data to go anywhere and stored anywhere is difficult. Then on top of that, how do you query it? How do you ask questions? How do you look for things that relate to security? How do you look for things that relate to performance? How do you find other kinds of patterns that would help our product be better or things that our customers are doing that might suggest to product, to our product teams, new things to build? Well, querying billions and then if you look over a couple of months, trillions of data points, how do you do that in a way that's reasonably cost-effective, reasonably fast? And what if you even want to do that in real time so that as logs are coming in, you're able to do this with small delay? All of those things, as you layer in all those things I said, are progressively more difficult to do. Ten years ago, you would have to invest multiple engineering teams for years to build those kinds of things. You still have to do a lot of building. These things are never easy. But the fact that you could have, say, one engineering team do all of what I just said in three to six months is really amazing. And, of course, you only see that accelerating. Where do you think your company needs to go next in terms of really unleashing website developers' true potential? One of the ways that people are starting to see that now is in headless architectures. And what that means is taking the front end of the website, meaning the HTML, the CSS, the JavaScript that runs in the browser, these technologies that are at the edge of the experience, and separating that from the whole rest of the content management system. And the rest of the content management system is kind of the quote-unquote everything else of the website. It's where authors and editors go in to write content, upload images, and edit stuff, and schedule things for publishing and tag it and categorize it in different ways and do analytics on what's happening with activity on the site, etc. But by taking that front-end piece and separating it, you can use different technologies for serving that. You can take those things and put it all around the world so that they're physically close to browsers. So a browser can get all the content in 50 milliseconds no matter where they are in the world. Doing that with dynamic stuff where code actually has to run and make decisions and maybe personalize things for different visitors 
when you're actually running code that also can run at the edge all around the world, that's new. It also helps with scale. When things are distributed around the globe, it's a lot easier to have more of it. And so as traffic surges, sometimes unexpectedly, that is also a way. Again, it's never easy to manage global scale, but it is easier and more cost-effective to do it that way than to take like a big cluster of virtual machines and scale them up and down. That's a harder way and a slower way to react to that. One final question for you, Jason. If folks want to find out more about WP Engine and look at the services that you're delivering, where can they go for more information? Yeah, it's just WPEngine.com or at WPEngine on Twitter. Well, thank you so much for providing this perspective, Jason, and congratulations on the advancements for WP Engine. Very cool to see this workload-optimized service being delivered and really having an impact on your customer base. Thank you so much for the time. We'd love to have you back sometime. Thanks for having me. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization.